Welcome, Welcome to, to episode 27 of Tea Tree Tiger. I've heard of orange juice and a slice of bread in a prison toilet. Prison toilet. Oh. Great. Oh, and how are you, how are the people out there? Welcome. How are you guys? Welcome to Teach Me Tiger. Let us know. What is We're, this podcast anyway? What is this podcast? What even are, where are we? Who are you? Who am I? Where am I? Oh my am god, I where Sarah? am I? <laughs> am I Sarah and that's Melody? I'm Melody. Hi, I'm Melody Starkweather. I am Sarah, right. <laughs> Why is my voice like that? Did that's I give you it, a No, you're voice? Melody. That's Sarah's voice. Melody. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Damn it. What? We're semi-educational. Yeah. Comedy podcast. That's right. And, you know, we like to invite our smarty pals, strangers we meet on the bus, whatever. <laughs> like we take the bus. <laughs> what are we, peasants? <laughs> and we and we ask them questions and they teach us about all kinds of cool ass shit. So we have an expert coming today on... Booze. So that's exciting. She's going to teach us some boozy stuff. She's an expert because she works at Perth's most magnificent distillery. Top shelf. That's Perth, Ontario, Canada. I, I wonder if they sell worldwide. We should ask her. Like, I wonder I if our, our listener in Ireland would be able to get a, a bottle of top, top shelf, shelf vodka or gin. Have you drink vodka in Ireland? Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. <gasps> Or like their, whiskey. their aged whiskey, which I think is, they've just, um, bottled it this year, right? Oh. Anyway, she's going to tell us so all the things. So old. Ew. <laughs> it's almost geriatric. <laughs> Delish. Mm. It's like the only thing that gets sexier with age. It's not. Men, women, wine, cheese. What am I talking about? Cars. Yeah. Fashion. Everything's sexier as it gets older. Especially us. Yeah. We're getting hotter and hotter Every and day. hotter and hotter. And hotter. And hotter. <laughs> the more wrinkles, the wrinkles are actually, they're not wrinkles, they're um like sexy hot lines. So like with every one, it's like each, a notch sexier. Each wrinkle is like a notch in our bedpost. Yeah. Of stress. How was your week? <laughs> oh. oh my God. Wait, what's. Okay. It's, it's tippy. Safe. It's safe. Sarah's got a tippy um, chair. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> my week was great. I had the best week. Tell me something great about your week. Um, hey, tell me a peak of your week. week. A week peak. Well, first of all, I did a couple tattoos that were really awesome because it was people's firsty tattoos and it meant a lot to them. Yeah. And that was really exciting. And you did a great job. I did a great job. Yeah. And I got to work with color and collaborate with another Ottawa artist who's fucking awesome and makes really cool t-shirts. Um his name is Sterling, and his Instagram handle is Sterlbot, 
S-T-I-R-L-B-O-T, I think. And his company's Winged Beast. Check it out. His shirts are fucking awesome. Cool. And we got to collaborate, which is cool, and make a cool piece of art. Nice. It turned out really cool. It did. Super cool. Phew, because I was <laughs> freaking out. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Yes, I was. No, I wasn't. Yes, she was. <laughs> but, so best day ever, yesterday... Me and my best friend, Penelope Moon, who's also my almost 11-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. we skipped school, and we went to check out her potential new school for next year. Yeah. And she had me write a list of questions she wanted to ask to make sure she didn't forget. So the list consisted of, okay, number one was, let me know about your drama and art programs. Cool. Cool. Number two, are you currently teaching the old or new sex ed curriculum? And do you touch on gender topics? <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Number three, how do you teach Indigenous history? Do you have an Indigenous person that comes in and talks about reconciliation? Because they wow. have that right now at their school. John, shout out John, you're awesome. And do you have any extracurricular programs or anything that have to do with social justice and advocacy? I was like, oh my god. Penelope is what the millennials are calling hashtag woke. She's straight up woke girl. Like she does have a hard time sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) She's my hero. And so I was just so proud. Right. And then we both like went into our rooms and picked out our clothes. And at first I was dressed all like really nice and not like myself because I wanted to like make some kind of impression at this school because it's a Catholic school. too. And then I was like, what the fuck? No way, man. And I put on my normal everyday clothes and like blue mascara. And I was like, I want them to see we don't fuck around. And then Penny came out of her room in her sick fluorescent red Adidas track pants, a leather jacket, like a cool scarf. And she's like, I just, you know, I was going to dress nice. And then I thought, I'm going to dress like who I am. And I was like, yeah. And we high fived. Yeah, so you did. So proud of her. Um and then we met our super cool friend, Steve Morgan. Yeah. And he was actually dressed like Penny. They both had sick leather jackets on. Cool, cool, cool. And we went to Ottawa. And we... The tried- nation's capital. The nation's capital. And we went to a super fancy French restaurant and had a steak that was just like meat butter. Wow. It was the fucking best thing I've put in my mouth in a while. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> but it was dairy-free, right? It fucking wasn't. What? I had foie oh. gras butter on it, and Ooh. nothing bad happened to me. Wow. Then I also had foie gras. Maybe you just need good quality butter. Really expensive fed. food. I need really expensive French food. Grass-fed Parisian butter. Butter from <laughs> foie gras cows. <laughs> they only eat foie gras. That's how they get the butter to taste like that. (laughs) And then we went to the National Art Gallery of Canada. Mm I have never been to an art gallery. It's shocking. I know. It was fucking mind-blowing. Yeah, right? Like, I saw Gustav Klimt paintings. Like, I was so close to them I could smell them. Like, my, my eye was an inch away did the security guard keep like tapping me on the shoulder? I was followed hard by the security guards the whole way because I kept like talking with my hands about right. things and they kept thinking I was going to touch them. Yeah. And Penny didn't help because she kept being like, don't touch it. I'm like, I'm not going to touch it. Shut up. When you say that, it makes me think that I'm touching. <laughs> yeah. It was such a nerd pen. <laughs> but it just like, it was incredible. 
Yeah. You know, like it, it, the skin in his paintings, it's not skin, quote unquote, skin color or whatever. It's like blue and yellow yeah. and orange and yeah. green. It's all yeah. the colors of the rainbow. I know. Did you see any um, Rothko's? Who's Rothko? Mark Rothko. He does those uh, those paintings that are like really big and they're like pretty much all one color. Did he do that like fire or whatever? The one that's like a big blue one with a red stripe in the middle? No, that's... um. I saw that one. I can't think of his name, but that's, that's another good. abstract impressionist. But Mark Rothko paintings, when you look at them in textbooks and wherever, they're so boring. But when you see them in person, they're like very moving because it's huge. And you when you stand close enough to it, it's like all of your field of vision, you know, yeah, and it's yeah. like all about just color and you just like feel, feel the color. The color. He actually did a church. He was commissioned to do a church. And so he did all these giant paintings in the church because wow. it's kind of like a, a bit of a religious experience. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I really want to go and go with a sketchbook and just like sit in front of a painting for a fucking hour. Like we had to kind of like rush through it to see stuff and right. Penny wanted to like, she was more interested in the map. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I would love to just go and fucking be. Oh, and then yeah. Penny and I got home. Yeah. The boys left for soccer. They didn't get home till 11. Yeah. We, the baby was asleep and we ate ice cream in bed, drew drawings that were all inspiration for some of the amazing abstract type art we saw. Yeah. And watched Will and Grace for nice. like three hours. It was like the best day of my fucking life. Hashtag squad goals. Right? Yeah. And now it's our quote, our show. Penny's like, can this be our show? And I love that woman, Karen. I'm like, yes, you do. Okay, because she's me. That's why you love her. <laughs> Perfect. Nice. Anyway, how was your week? Um, my week was pretty good. What happened? What happened? Well, we have some merch. Oh my god! It's not a huge selection yet, but what we have is seriously high quality. So high quality vinyl, vinyl stickers. Yeah. Bumper stickers. Vinyl bumper stickers. The vinyl stickers also, FYI, you can put it on your car, but it might be harder to get off when you want to sell your car. Right. You know what I mean? The bumper yeah, yeah. sticker, it's yeah. like whatever. But hashtag put it on your car. Please put it on your car. Guys, like, oh, man, if we're in Perth and we see, like, a car with, like, a Teach Me Tiger sticker on it, I'm just going to, like, shit myself. We'll, we'll take photos of it probably and put it on the internet. We will. <laughs> It'll be. It's like you're giving us a kiss, like a little French, like slipping a little tongue. Yeah. Every time. Thank you. And we are feeling it. We're feeling it. We're into you. We're so into you. (laughs) Put that sticker on your car. And we reached our first goal on our Patreon page of $50 a month. (gasps) Guess what that means? What's it mean? What's it mean? We're going to do our enamel pins. Yes. So excited. We're going to do roaring tiger pins and they're going to be so cute. They are going to be cute and badass. Yeah. We have to split the difference. Mel is cute and I'm like badass. I'm, But I'm like cute badass. You are cute badass. <laughs> You're adorably badass. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> we do have amazing pins right now, though. Yeah, we do. Guess what's on them, guys? Our, Our faces. faces. You can get a Melody pin and a Sarah pin. And wear us around with you. Like, we're always with you. You'll never be alone again. You'll always be with us. Always. Forever. And you know what you could do is you could put, like, one on each shoulder, and one could be, like, the angel consciousness part, and one could be the devil part, and then you could, like, ask questions and be like, what do I do? Yeah. 
Do I? And you're going to have to really talk to us a lot to get to know us to figure out who's the angel and who's the devil. Mm -hmm. I think the answer might surprise you. Yeah, you might be surprised. (laughs) And also, big news. Last episode, we asked Kim Murphy if she wanted the podcast to be her boyfriend, and she said yes. (gasps) Oh, my God. So I just wanted to update you guys that it's going really well. Yeah. It's early. We don't want to get our hopes up, but mm-hmm. the podcast and Kim seem really happy together. They seem really they have Sorry, like, Dave. Um, sorry, Dave. They have like a really like I, I feel a lot of like a sexual connection. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, it's really like um erotic. It's a deeply <laughs> erotic um affair they're having yeah. with each other. So just so you, you listeners know, yeah, it's, it's going well. Going we'll, very well. We'll keep you wink. up to date. Yeah. Winky winky. <laughs> They're totally hooking up. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, do it. So I think Megan's going to be here any minute. I'm super excited to talk to her. So welcome to Teach Me Tucker. <laughs> um, thank you. Note. Yes, thank you for having me. We're so excited. excited. Thanks for coming. Yeah. So we have Megan Buchanan, our boozy expert here. Uh, Megan works at Top Shelf Distillery as a manager and events coordinator. Yes, yes. Yes. I do all those things. All, all those I things. I do all of those things. And more, but mostly a lot of event coordinating. I love that. A lot of managing. Great (laughs) events. So good at managing. A lot of managing. Managing is hard. Things. It is hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We got to give more credit out to the managers. Yeah. You have to be a people person. All you managers out there, I know how hard you work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you keep shit in line. Uh huh. And yeah. you can't be a dick, but you can't be too soft. Exactly. It's That's like, so it's true. It's like being a mommy daddy. You're kind like, of. You're yeah, like you're like top the mom. mommy. Work mom. Yeah. Mom. Do people totally. call you that at work? It's been <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> Mother. Okay, mom. No, no, they don't. <laughs> good. That's probably good. It yeah. is. Yeah, I wouldn't be impressed. How was your week, Megan? My Anything week was pretty week? great. Something. You know what? I have been just chilling. I'm back uh, from like some trips. Yeah, I go. went uh, a little crazy this this winter with the old trip planning. Cool. Went to Florida with my <gasps> grandma. <laughs> yeah, Nana. Gal palled it up with my 90-year-olds for the first time. And I went to Jamaica. Yeah. And then now I'm like white washed with snow and back in it. So I've yeah. just been trying to live the Canadian life happily. It really like it's snaps hard. you back into reality, huh? To, yeah, today I was taking uh, my dog for a walk. And I just thought, how crispy is it every day? Crispy, cold, yeah. white. Crispy. Crispy. It is crispy. And then I was and like, like that's well, a good you're thing, and I'm going to make that positive. <laughs> yeah. I, I love how fucking crispy Crisp- it is. <laughs> I just love how fucking crispy it is. Like a good potato chip. Uh, crunch, crunch, crunch. But yeah, no, I'm pumped for spring. But I think this week everyone got the spring vibes. Totally. Yeah. Like everybody. I just, everyone's eyes lit up, and they're like, I can yes. smell it March 1st. So. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you and know what? birds. Yes. In the morning. Yeah. Yeah. The other day, the sun was beaming in the window at like four o'clock, and I just opened the curtains and laid on the couch with my eyes closed and literally pretended I was in a hammock. Yeah. <laughs> my daughter came and curled up with me, and we we're like, Yeah, we're rocking in the breeze. Aww. I could do it right now. Maybe we should all close our eyes and pretend just for a moment. I can smell the green, green grass. Oh, I can smell my neighbor burning garbage. Oh, uh-huh. I missed that. Oh. That's the, the thaw of the chicken poop you smell. Mm. Ooh, great. Mm-hmm. So wet. What a sexy all time. The, all the wet boots I have to deal with. 
right. fucking kids. Oh. They really fuck your spring up. Yeah. I don't have any kids yet, <laughs> but you're making it sound real fun. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, kids, if you're listening. Also, if you're listening, you're in trouble because this is not for kids. Not appropriate. Hey, Megan. <laughs> yes. You want to reach in my box? Okay. <laughs> cool. Let's play this on. It's oh, a yeah. pretty box. She Thanks. keeps it tidy. I do. <laughs> She's into personal grooming. Well, at least one of us do. No. <laughs> at least one of us at the table is into that. It's a yin and yang sort of situation. Yeah. yeah. Roll up your sleeves. Pull up your socks. Reach on into Melody's box. Icebreakers. All right. There you go. Okay. Uh, what's the best pickup line you've ever had used on you? Oh my gosh. That's a good one. What is the best pickup line? I feel like I don't have a lot of people using pickup lines on me in this day and age. It's kind of like an 80s. It is more of an of 80s thing. thing. I get a lot. I'm not sure if you ladies get it either, but a lot of like social media. Uh, messaging going on mm. like cold calls but pickup lines yeah 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 no i don't get that <laughs> like in hey, like the facebook what up yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean probably the best one that i've i mean good for them i've ever seen is when you just straight up get messages in your inbox of like hey hey you're beautiful hey here's a picture of my wiener yeah um, i mean I don't know anyone else more forward than that. Like you're like, how's your day? I'm like, my day's great. And then all of a sudden it's a boom, dick pic. It's a dick pic. So that's that's a good one. But no, straight up pickup lines. (laughs) That's a good one. No, I don't think I've had. Like, I don't know. Have you ever had a pickup line? Like, what's a... I've told it on here before. But the best one ever was when an old fisherman in California, he looked at me and he said, your earrings look like fishing lures. And I said, oh... Thanks. And then he said, I bet you'd make a fisherman a real good wife. <laughs> oh, that's a yeah. really see, I'd fall for that. Yeah. Like I, I don't I think would. you would have. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, did he have a hook for a hand? That's what I'm imagining. Ooh, like just I an old so like good. fisherman. Mm. Let's yeah. pretend. I want somebody to yes. use pickup lines though. Like that's I, like, I wish I like I'd come back. Lines. My husband uses pickup lines on me a lot. That's uh, awesome. One time when we first met or we're first together, his friend had gotten uh, his girlfriend for Valentine's Day roses and, like, a diamond necklace. I was like, Greg, what the fuck? How come you never get me roses and diamonds? He just gets me, like, gin and shawarma, which is better. Yeah. But anyway, and he, without skipping a beat, was like, baby, you've got roses in your cheeks and diamonds in your eyes. I was like, all right, let's do it. (laughs) You win. (laughs) Let's get pregnant again. (laughs) Okay, twist okay. my arm. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. He's I feel like it shows a lot of effort for sure. Like to come up with like some kitschy little pickup lines. You're trying no, nowadays. It is usually yeah. like the creepiest guy that uses yes, them always. Um, but if hot guys could start using them, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I'm hot guys. Let's can we bring back the cheesy pickup line? I love yeah. it. Like you got to remove like the lecherousness from your eyes when you say it, though. <laughs> God, it's impossible. <laughs> you try to say, baby, are you tired? Because you've been running through my mind all day without, le- like, right? Am I a little bit, you feeling uh, a little lecherous? Eh? A little bit. Yeah. 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 Eh? yeah. yeah. 
Uh, now I am. Now I am. Yeah. Serious, <laughs> serious winking. Doing some winking. You're oh. welcome. I'm sure everyone out there felt it. I, I'm sure. They should change their panties. Oh, <laughs> yuck. Okay. I just got really lecherous. Sorry. Yeah, it did get really lecherous. So I don't know if, if like a forward thinking, good looking young gentleman can think of a way to like bring back the pickup line ladies, and not make it creepy. Why don't we <clears throat> let's ladies take but it But for ourselves. Megan, I'm talking about for but Megan, Megan should maybe start using pickup lines. You're correct. Maybe you should. Why are we putting it all on men? How hilarious would, would it be if you walked up to a man at the bar and was like, are you an angel? Because you fell from heaven or some shit, whatever yeah. it's it. He'd be like, uh, I feel uncomfortable. And you'd be like, yes. Oh, that's the one. It's like, that's what I want. Did it hurt? Did what hurt? When you fell from heaven. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite one is like, uh, how do would you that like, work? Yeah. It would totally work. That would get me. I'd be like, <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> get yeah, it it also hurt when I that fell <laughs> off of this chair from too many. Never mind. <laughs> too many shots too i don't shots, know shots. i really like the shots. pickup line about like how do you like your eggs in the morning right that's like it's like really presumptuous mm-hmm. or like that's a really nice uh romper you've got on it would look really good crumpled up on my floor <laughs> <laughs> every time yeah. like i would just throw it on the floor i'd clearly hang it in your closet you idiot that's what i could say <laughs> but you don't have hangers Men today, yeah. Men today. Single Ugh. men. Ugh. Yeah. All men. Hashtag no, you know, all men. Actually, you know what the, the line they use today is? Hey, I'm polyamorous. That's it. That's like always. That's their line. That's it. Huh. Everyone's polyamorous now. Cool. I don't know if that's true, Sarah. So many people. <laughs> oh, my God. I think they've been there all you? along. You're just old enough. Now no, that you hear about it. No, you're no. totally wrong, man. Okay. Polyamory is making this like huge resurgence in right. the millennial community. Right. The young dating game is all like non-monogamy or like different monogamy. Yeah. It's real, man. I have heard her tell of a lot of it lately. It's yeah. totally like I feel like, like I would be so like not equipped to go into the dating world of like a 19 year old these days. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Remember, I have younger siblings, Mel, and they right. tell me things. Oh, okay. really? You're in the know. I'm. I know what's up. How are you feeling, by the way? Good, good. good? Yeah, I'm good. feeling good. Ice broken? Yeah, the ice Great. has been broken. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it was the pickup lines, right? Pickup yeah, that's lines. what got me. really yeah, broke yeah. the ice. Icebreakers. What are your favorite drinking games? My favorite drinking games. So. I used to play a ton of drinking games. I feel like, like that was the thing to do. And I remember playing like the classics, like Ride the Bus with a deck of cards. Did you ever play Ride the Bus? It was kind of like a pyramid style where you would lay the cards out as one, two, three, four, five, six on the bottom. And it looked just like a pyramid flat on a table. Yeah. And so with the remainder of the cards in your hand as a deck, you would flip the top card. And if one of the top cards matched a card on the pyramid, like, as number-wise, yeah. then you were allowed to remove it. Oh. Okay, so if you yeah. were removing a card, then you wouldn't have to drink. Like, that was your free pass to not drink. If you weren't allowed to remove it... Like, um, if you got a three and there was no three. Exactly. Or a seven exactly. and there was no seven. Yeah, so the whole point, rem- wanting you to get rid of your pyramid, the first person to remove their pyramid uh, is the winner. 
there would be two people with their own pyramids, right? So yeah. you may yeah. have had a couple drinks because you didn't match a couple cards. But the last person has to do this thing called riding the bus. <laughs> and so however many cards are left like in the deck when after the first person yeah. has lost their pyramid and finished, yeah. you have to flip through the deck as quickly as you can doing a drink per card. Like a drink per card. So that's riding like the bus. Like it's the crazy. It's awful. Hopefully there's only like four cards left, but it's up to the other person to flip. There might be like 10. It's insane. So that's like an extreme of what I used to play. But honestly, like now I would just play like, I just can't get better than just classic like red and black. So it's red and black stack. So you just have whatever bottle is laying around, bottle of beer, wine, put it in the middle of the table, have a deck of cards and with whoever you're playing with go around in a circle and just say red or black. If they're right, then they just get to stack their card. If they're wrong, they take a quick drink. You don't have to be, like, chugging anything. Right. So you go through the whole pile, but if you're the one to stack a card and it all falls over, you have to chug your drink. Oh, and, like, amazing. It's still fun yeah. today. I'd yeah. play it now. Really? Let's play it. I'd like it's to say... 11 o'clock. I'd right like now. to say I've grown up, but nope. I'd be down to play now yeah um, but yeah that's pretty much i feel like just nothing gets better than like nostalgic card games yeah you yeah. always have card a deck of cards games. it feels like you're 17 again yeah. you got all your besties i don't play enough cards we my should, husband won't play, play games drinks. with me no games no i'll play I drinking have... games with okay. you, you okay. Could, yeah. that's the only kind of card game i like okay <laughs> yeah. i'm in cool what's your favorite drinking game kings i've heard okay. it called kings i've heard it called aces i've heard it called thumbs so you have a, a deck of cards. I'm a little hazy, but I think like one to five, you just take that many like drink, like mm-hmm. ch- like shots or drinks or yeah. sips or whatever. And then from six up, they have meaning. So uh, aces is like thumb master, I think. Yeah. And then it means that. that like whoever gets the ace, mm-hmm. whenever they want, like it can only happen once, but like they can do it right away or not. They secretly put their thumb on the table. Okay. And the last person to notice to put their thumb on the table loses and they have to take a shot. Okay. And then there's kings where you make up a rule. So the lame one everyone always did was like no swearing. So anytime you swore, you had to take a shot. And then, and this keeps going so that you can have like 15 rules or like every time you drink, you have to like pick up your drink and like spin it around your head or say, Justin's the best. Every time you take a drink, Justin, or you have to, you can't say and, or you have to talk in questions or whatever. Like there's, you know, huh. uh, and what else was there? And I, then I don't think I've ever played this. Rhyme time. I'd be really rhyme bad time. at it. I liked rhyme Did you literally time. just rhyme? Hot. Pot. Got. Hot. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there was one you could give. Oh, two to five. You could give out. So just say I got five. Mm-hmm. I could give myself one. I could give you two. I could give you two. Yes. Or yes, I could give yes. you five. Or I could. So like you could, f- you can fuck someone. Like the whole mm-hmm. crowd can like bully someone. Right. And just keep giving Melody. Oh no. The drinks. Or like I would often give myself a couple if I had been doing really well. Because <laughs> like you there don't actually want to win the drinking game. No, you don't. You don't. Yeah. Oh, and then there was Waterfall. That was my favorite one. Yeah. So waterfall, everyone would have to stand up. Yeah. And it was amazing if you had like six people playing and you start drinking 
And then the person, as soon as you start drinking, that person starts drinking, that person starts drinking, that person starts drinking, like Donna's. And she can't stop till I stop. They can't stop till she stops. You can't stop. So the last person can sometimes have to drink for a very long time. It's like a domino effect of of drinking. Yeah, that was fun. That one's crazy. Yeah. I'm not sure if you know this about drinking, but the more quickly that you consume alcohol, that is usually how you get drunk. It's not actually what you're drinking for the most part. Oh, interesting. Obviously, if you're drinking a 5.5% Perth brew versus a cup of vodka yeah you're gonna get more drunk quickly because the vodka's got a stronger alcohol content right but once you mix this into a cocktail you're kind of on the same terms because the water mix is gonna get this down right like it's gonna get it down to like less than a 10 percent drink just like a beer just like a wine right so if you even if you're drinking like a michelo ultra and you're like it's only four percent but you slam them in like three minutes that's what's going to get somebody you're going to be intoxicated. Fucked, fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when, when we play drinking games, that's what really like gets people silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we do it on purpose. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if anyone's looking to like not get hammered quickly, just slow down what you're, whatever you're drinking. I just really want to do this drinking game, but I don't want to get too drunk, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I have a really good tip because I'm a really fast drinker and it has caused problems. I'm like, oh, shit seven o'clock and i'm hammed yeah what i do now is i'll mix like a mixed drink usually it's like soda and scotch or something or even with wine like i'll put soda Mm -hmm. and white wine and i'll drink some of it and then i'll be almost like i'll be halfway done and then i'll just add more soda and I'll just mm-hmm. keep, like, topping it up with soda, mm. like, three times. Yeah. And that way it doesn't, like, I drink fast, but I'm just drinking more water yeah. kind of as I go. That's a good way to do it. I like to do that, too. Because I find when I drink wine, that's what really hits mm-hmm. me. Because you can just get a nine-ounce glass of red at dinner, and then all you're just thirsty. So you're drinking you're like, yeah. quickly. Bam. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you're the one on the table who's hammered. Yeah. yeah. Whoops. You have to hide it a bit for a while. I, I, love, like I love red wine. So right. I find like sometimes you get it'll be one of those nights and you're like, I'm just gonna have a quick glass, you know, just relax. It's like six thirty and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you pour a tall glass of red wine and you're And the mm-hmm. bottle's gone. Yeah. Shmammered. Yeah. Looking through old photos from high school and no. <laughs> texting old friends. <laughs> texting old friends. I'm really missing. Remember uh, when when we were in tennis club together? No, we weren't A V club. You were my best friend. (laughs) And it is true. It's true what they say about, like, what you're drinking can make you feel a different way, you know? Like, so when you're drinking... Yeah, is that true? I think that it is true just because of, um, like, the ingredients in in something, right? Yeah. So the ingredients of, say, like, rum has a ton of molasses and sugar in it. Yeah, okay. Versus gin, we'll say, or even something like tequila. So gin, people say, is a panty remover. Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> That's what they say. So I love gin. Something like gin has a botanical recipe in it. So that it usually has like juniper and mm-hmm. chamomile, like anise, it's basically whatever a you health want. Food. It's basically pretty a health food. It's pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a smoothie. Pretty much. That's basically a smoothie. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people say like gin makes them feel very different and like happy or a pain remover. People say rye makes them feisty Angry. or want to fight. Yeah. yeah. Wine can bring out the emotions in people, mm-hmm. I find. Yeah. Especially Sleepy. White white wine definitely oh, like okay. turns me into a different version of myself sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I do believe it's true. So like I do, I'm wary of like what I drink. Like if I want to have like a really like cozy full night when I'm with friends, mm-hmm. I definitely go for rum 
or rye because it's mm-hmm. like warmer and I yeah. can drink it like all night slowly and I don't get super in the bag. But then when I drink white wine and I keep drinking white wine all night, I just turn into like a monster. <laughs> the worst version of myself I've ever seen. So I do. I think it's true. Yeah. yeah. It's how your body responds, um, responds to the chemical makeup of anything, yeah. right? Just yeah. how like eating certain foods makes you feel a different way. Mm-hmm. I 100% think it's everything when it's different types of liquor or spirit or wine or beer. They're all made of different things. So, And your attitude. Usually- like most people don't drink tequila casually. My stepdad mm-hmm. does, but you know, you're like ready to fucking party, you know, yeah. like it, yeah, your attitude going in. Mel, what, uh, what's your, no, oh, what were you going to say? I'll come back to it. I was yeah, going to just ask game. you, um, your drinking game, but I was also going to ask your, um, what alcohol, like, do you have one that makes you like angry? Do you have one that makes you a little hot and heavy? Do you have one <laughs> no. that makes you sleepy? Oh, I no? don't, I, well, I haven't in a long time gotten, super drunk like as i've grown older hangovers are really the pits and i have Mm -hmm. kids so i feel like i don't drink enough anymore that it would like specifically make me angry but you don't find even like uh one or two drinks i haven't noticed Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. no i haven't noticed i was gonna say pop quiz what alcohol do you think would be best to serve at an irish wake you want people to be happy someone Mm -hmm. died well, they're sad. Whiskey. You want it's a celebration like of life. You'd would it be whiskey? Like, you would have to do Irish whiskey. Have to do Irish whiskey. No, they wouldn't. Let what about you those in? car bombs, Jameson's? Yeah. <laughs> a few Irish car bombs. Yeah, I wonder if they call them that'd that be a celebratory because that'd be that's actually like pretty terrible. Yeah, calling it an Irish car bomb. Yeah, I think that's a really awful thing. I wonder if they do. Yeah, I bet they don't. Good. I hope not. But the IRA would be really mad. Let's just call it a a Irish- car- an angry car bomb. An angry car bomb. Let's call it uh, an Irish jig. Jig. Jig a dig dig. Yeah, but they wouldn't even let you into the funeral without a bottle of fucking Irish whiskey. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, These guys are enough. serious. Yeah, it is. It is and it's serious. delicious. I do. I like Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. So I don't play a lot of drinking games, obviously, but I do remember playing one, you know, the song Roxanne. Yes, yes, I do. I was do you know that, that drinking game? Yeah. <laughs> and then I was looking online because I was like, drinking games. I don't even remember any drinking games. And I found a Nicolas Cage drinking game. Are oh, you guys no, Nick yes. Cage fans? No, yes, yes, no, yes. My husband is. I love strangely. To hate Nick Cage. Yeah, you and Chris sort of have that in common, except he just loves them. <laughs> <laughs> so Nicolas Cage drinking game. Take a drink when. And you can do this with any Nick Cage movie. <laughs> when Nick Cage shouts, when he punches someone, when he makes an Elvis reference, <laughs> when he points with his entire arm. <laughs> what? Yes. Uh, when he drinks martini, or when there are multiple Nick Cages on screen at once. <laughs> yes. Uh, and take two drinks. When you notice that he has implausible facial hair, he displays a facial tick. He drinks something from a martini glass that is not a martini, or you suspect he was allowed to supply his own wardrobe. Uh, That's a good one. I love those. Have you guys ever heard of the Teach Me Tiger drinking game? If you go back to episode three, every time you hear Sarah say jumpsuit. Oh, yeah. You haven't been talking about it as much lately, Sarah. That's why we have to go back to that episode where you did a jumpsuit reel. Yeah. Jumpsuit, jumpsuit. Yeah, I listened to that. That was hilarious. We'll drop it right here.
But I've been known to wear a jumpsuit once or twice. Jumpsuit, jumpsuit. A mechanic's jumpsuit. Jumps, jumpsuit. Work jumpsuit. 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 A jumpsuit. 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 Yeah, there it goes. hat. You should have that on hand always as you're impromptu. Just always something that you can grab for jumpsuit. Jumpsuit. You have to. You have to drink. Have yeah. to jumpsuit. Yeah. Every time you hear me say it, you have to drink, guys, no matter where you are, <laughs> what you're doing. I don't care if you're in the car, <laughs> you're at work, whatever. We're going to have to sell Teach Me Tiger um, booze. We'll team up with Top them? Shelf. Yeah. yeah. Shot glasses. <laughs> Shot glasses. Or uh, with our faces at the end. Why can't I think of words? Diapers. What's the- <laughs> Diapers. Tails. Diapers. Fanny packs. Ooh, I love fanny packs. Uh, Flask. 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 Flasks. And then you can have a drink yeah. anytime you hear Sarah say jumpsuit. Yeah. Wherever you are. Teach me Tiger Flask with a little jumpsuit on the back. Sarah, you can make like a little jumpsuit. You have to get a jumpsuit tattoo. Oh, fuck. Duh. 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 Right? Um, Shit. A little jumpsuit. Anyway. I, I love it. I'm getting one. Jumpsuit. We want to get jumpsuits. When we get big enough, we're going to get jumpsuits with a big tagger on the back. That would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. But yeah, a little jumpsuit on the flask and then like a little fanny pack because you can put your flask in a fanny pack. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so good. Yeah. We're going to sell all the things and everybody will buy them. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> right, guys? Right. So, experty expert. Yes, the expert. You had mentioned that you might like to talk a little bit about the history of alcohol in our community. And I am so curious to hear because I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Does it have to do with the secret tunnels? Yeah. Yeah. The secret tunnels are definitely a part of it. But yeah, no. So, Perth in general, our community being like the town of Perth is the most I know about. Um, Perth, Ontario, Canada. We... (laughs) used to have a bunch of distilleries and we were pretty famous for distilling back when it was more of a military settlement town. Right. So Perth is and was founded by uh, Scotland. Perth is what we named it after. And so it was a really all military that was living in Perth. And so a lot of their wages were getting paid in like coupons and coupons essentially for alcohol from our local distilleries. So you'd get like a portion of your wage would be like paid out by one of our main would be Stuart and Spalding. So they were a huge distillery. Um, and then McLaren. So there's like two main big players. Yeah. So they were located like down where Stuart Park is and where Telus used to be. So where the Turkish rugs are, that building is really cool. It's still to this day in the basement. They have like some of their malt for equipment for malting the barley and for malt whiskey. Wow. And it's still in the basement of that place. To the best of my knowledge, like four or five years ago, we Hannah was able to go down there and she saw it. So I don't think they've removed anything. So wow. I think like to this day, it's just sitting in the basement at the Turkish rug place. Oh, wow. Perth is full of distilling history. So that's why it made so much sense when our co-founders, John Criswick and Hannah Murphy, were deciding Mm -hmm. on where to put our craft distillery. Perth just made so much sense because it was a small town with a rich history. And it being in Perth versus Ottawa just meant that it was a lot easier to like obtain the land, to put the distillery on, to build everything, to have enough space to expand. So yeah, and so Stuart and Spalding and then McLaren's Distillery, they both specialized in producing malt 
whiskey. So that was a whiskey that we would like export all over North America. And it was all whiskey. So it was pretty cool. And they would do everything in house. And the river was right beside them, the Tay, where Sunflower Bakery kind of is. And so they yeah. pull water from there. They'd pull grains from local farmers. So, and this would have been 200 years ago, yeah, approximately? So they're like booming in the early 1900s. So, like, okay. um, prohibition hit more like affecting Canada in the 1918 era to 1928-ish. Okay. So that's when things slowed down. But before that is when it was just like booming, booming for the distilleries. So we had these two huge distilleries that were like almost all the economy for Perth. And so, yeah, not a lot of people know about that, but Stewart Park does have like some signs because there was one of the distilleries right at Stewart Park. And you can even sometimes go into like the Tay and old people go in and like find bottles, like old McLarens and they look like medicine bottles almost. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's really cool. So it was cool that there was already that history of producing liquor and, and whiskey. And then we just kind of, when we came in and top shelf distillers opened, it kind of just played off the history and it all made sense. It was right. really easy. For so what, locals. where did the tunnels play in? So the tunnels, so the tunnels, they, I've heard rumor that they were used because in the 1918, when it was illegal to sell alcohol yeah. during that period, we were still as Canadians during prohibition allowed to manufacture alcohol and export it, which is a fun fact. I didn't know that you think prohibition means just no alcohol in general. Right. But they were actually allowed to manufacture and sell it, but there was not allowed to be, like, um, a liquor store or, like, somebody selling you a cocktail. Right. So I think that they were used to transport. Because transporting was also illegal. Like, that was a big part of Prohibition, too, in the States, mostly. But no selling, no transporting, and no manufacturing it. But if you, like, were caught drinking a beer, like, you weren't going to get arrested. It wasn't illegal to drink than drink during prohibition times, but it was illegal to obtain it, like to get it. So that's Classic. where like the ta- like tunnels, and that's where I think our tunnels played in, like the secret tunnels. Right. And there are a lot of them in town. Like mm-hmm. there's some historians that are really into doing a documentary on it right now. And so yeah. we're going to see more and more pop up, but it would be so cool. I want to get in one so badly. Do yeah. we know where they are? There's, I, there's one between codes mill and that big mansion yes. right so that's one and that one's like a really secret one people don't talk about that one a lot but there's also one under the bridge so like think of the drummond street bridge kind of where crystal palace is on the other side yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, there's rumored that there's an opening there that was closed with concrete so there's one under there and i think it goes to the telus building okay. which would make sense because mm-hmm. that's where the distillery used to be. So, Ooh. I mean, don't take... I'm not an experty expert on all historian facts, but that's my com- common knowledge of it. But yeah, the tunnels are so cool. And like, imagine what's in there. Somebody must have been in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, they have. There's... if uh, I did some research online recently for some reason. About the Perth tunnels? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. But they're like working on getting the technology like... um Like, it's like sonar or something. Okay. Shit. They're like high tech fish finders. Yeah. Yeah. High tech tunnel. And there's like this guy who made it down because, yeah, you can, there's a few stores that have them in the basement. I Mm -hmm. feel like there was one near the butcher, like under the butcher's butcher's edge. That would make sense with the building because that building was a crane building. And so is the big house that you're thinking of from Quartz Mill. Okay. So they were like hustlers. I don't know. They were famous for insurance, but I'm not sure what happened. They were famous for liquor money. I'm not sure. 
There's a lot. It's super cool. I'm sure cool. that like it's booze, so cool. money, and yeah. you know, fortune was tied up in all kinds of yeah. dealings in Perth. Um, but yeah, no, Perth is just like rich in history, and it's it's cool because you can literally walk downtown, walk through Stewart Park, and you'll see a lot of those like posts and signs. I don't read them a lot often either, yeah. but they all have information about McLaren's. And they all have information about Stuart and Spalding, and it's just, like, it's super cool. And there was, used to be funny stories about, like, because when you're done distilling, just, like, um, at the brewery, you have what's called spent mash. Right. So it's leftover grain that's had everything stripped of it, alcohol-wise, supposedly, if you've distilled correctly. Yeah. Um, but sometimes there is, like, a little bit of alcohol left in, in the grain, because it still is nutritious, so it's it's, it's not, like... People you don't want to like, waste it. You don't want to yeah. just throw it out. You take it for pigs and stuff. Yeah, People so now do. we do. We give it to pigs and stuff like that. But back in the day, they didn't, you know, maybe have the best methods of right. distilling. And so there was, like, rumors of, like, a cow pasture um, feeding off of this spent mash from the malt whiskey. And, like, the cows would just be, like, a little dozy and drunk yeah. here and there. <laughs> yeah. I always think of that. When I think back to, like, the 1920s, I just think of, like, drunk a distillery cows. and then, like, some... Some drunkard cows everywhere just like falling over. Having a great you don't want to give babies that milk. Hey, or do no, yeah. or do you? Is that why babies slept so well? Oh, yeah. Oh, the boozy oh. milk. Yeah. <laughs> so, Top Shelf is the distillery that you work at in Perth. And you've talked a bit about the history of other distilleries in town, but how did Top Shelf get started? Top Shelf Distillers is a craft micro distillery that opened up in Perth in 2015. So it's actually, it's almost four years old, three and a half. It's crazy. The business actually was founded that year. And then we opened the doors December, 2016. Okay. So Top Shelf was founded by John Kriswick. He's like a serial entrepreneur from Ottawa. He has a couple other businesses, um, and then a local from Perth, Hannah Murphy. And then I was lucky enough that I was also working for John at that time when okay. it all kind of started. So I was able to help Hannah and John and kind of go through the whole thing with them, which was super cool. cool. At that time, so 2016, even being that short of a time frame ago, there really wasn't any local distilleries like we've all heard of wineries that was kind of mm-hmm. i like to break down by like wineries from the 90s you know yeah. like we yeah. were really into local wine and you saw a ton of wine go into like our lcbo and then as the 2000s grew and we got in 2010 then you saw the brewing Craft industry beers, like just blow up and then like it's changed the way i think everyone drinks beer and thinks definitely. about beer and thinks about sure. beer and thinks about where are you getting it from or why and why are we buying it like mm. this instead of buying it from mass corporations like Molson or Coors. Right. So the next obvious, you know, industry in liquor was going to be spirits. So John had always wanted to make his own vodka. I guess that was just one of his his dreams. So uh, Hannah kind of just ran with it and I just helped her from there. So the idea of opening it up in Perth lined up really well because she was from Perth and I was from Perth. Yeah. And we were currently commuting to Ottawa, so it was really great. And John went with the idea of putting it in purse. So it was just really cool to just do it in our hometown, too. Yeah, yeah. like um, bring it back. Like, it all made back. sense because of our history, and it all made sense of the location. And so from there, in 2015, was when the business plan and everything got started. Finalized, like, where you're putting it on the land. They got all of the, the details done with that. And so we got to do a bit of research, because at that time, I didn't know anything about distilling at all. Like, I, you know, I never thought in my life, I'm going to work at a 
micro distillery. Like yeah. that was not not in my my mind frame at that time. But so from there, it was great because I got to learn a bunch about distilling. So we ended up going to places like Texas and Chicago because a big company like Tito's Vodka, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of them. They like led the way in artisan craft distilling. They're from Austin, Texas, and they also use corn for their vodka. And so do we. So we really like went and looked at what other people were doing because just like a lot of industries – the states is usually where you see everything happen more quickly. And then the trends kind of like follow through into Canada. But yeah, so that once it was decided, like we're doing this, we're opening a distillery. It was like a lot of people where it was, I remember back now and people were just like, thought we were crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it was the craziest idea. And like Hannah would be like, yeah, we're opening up a distillery. And people would be like, what? Like it was Why? just so what? crazy because you don't see that in Canada that often, especially no. Ontario. So there was one other distillery near us in Ottawa called North of Seven, and they're actually they're still there. They're awesome. They they do really well. Um, the owners Jody and Greg are like super cool. They make like rum and awesome awesome stuff. So if you're in Ottawa, definitely check them out. So there was them at North of Seven, and then there is essentially just going to be us in Perth until you got to Toronto, and yeah. Toronto had a, a handful also. Mm-hmm. So. After that, we learned what we had to do and opened the distillery. And I know that certain people were hired, like our distiller, Andy. He's actually from New Zealand. He's really, he's crazy. Yeah. So he came from a chemistry background and then learned how to distill. It was a lot of like just learning because there's, there wasn't like, oh, we're going to hire somebody from a university program that's done this because there isn't one, you know? So you really, like, there's brewing education now, but. For distilling, it's still not that common. Mm-hmm. And then the hardest thing, I think, like learning about it all. And I mean, every liquor industry in Ontario has this, like breweries, but it's more just taxes and taxation. Right. You don't think about that. And that's kind of follows back to prohibition and why, why the government systems care so much about liquor and yeah. tobacco or any like, controlled substance is what mm-hmm. we're really talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's just due to tax money. Like, unfortunately, it's it's tax money. So I learned a lot about how much, you know, private uh, small businesses distilling would actually be taking home at the end of the day versus what we have to pay in taxes. Yeah, so. When you want to be a manufacturer of anything, beer, wine, spirit, um, and it's a controlled substance. Cannabis. Cannabis. It's exactly it. Really, this all falls into cannabis. So just like you want to be a grower to grow your own marijuana and then sell it. So as a, to be a supplier for, um, the online cannabis store, you have to apply for a license. So that was like the biggest thing, just getting your license to make alcohol. So everybody has to have their own license to make alcohol in Ontario. You can't just like, be like, I'm making wine in my basement and I'm going to sell it or I'm going to start with a still that I made at home. That's why it's very illegal. Because it's super dangerous. Because it's super dangerous and you are you need to be reporting to the government every single thing you produce. So like it's very, very strict. Like we record every single drop of alcohol ever produced by Top Shelf. And then according to that is how much you're going to pay in like taxes. Right. So that took a long time for me to get under my head that kind of system versus like just a regular retail where you're like, I'm making t-shirts and I'm going to sell t-shirts and I'm just going to pay 13% to the government. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. It's very different. So that was a big learning curve. But once we knew that we could get through that portion and figure out a good business strategy from there, it was just easy awesome like we just got to be creative and be like well what people always wonder why did you make vodka 
instead of just selling whiskey right away? And, like, that's a very common question. So you sell vodka or gin or, like, a white spirit first because you can make that on your still and it'll be created and bottled and ready to drink and ready to sell within two weeks. So it's, like, a timing thing. You don't ever have to age vodka or gin. You can just drink it off the still and that's how it's supposed to be made and that's how it tastes. And that's that's what it is, a white spirit. Where when you drink rye or scotch um that has to be aged in oak so it's a timing thing so you're gonna Mm -hmm. make all of it you're gonna distill it and then you're gonna put it into barrels and then you're gonna sit on it for like in canada a minimum of three years so the whiskey that we have and that we're we currently are going to release has already been sitting in barrels at our distillery for three years so it's a big commitment too right Right. and that's Mm -hmm. a lot so you need to kind of make sure you're doing something in between, right? Like you need to make sure that you're selling something usually, not all distilleries, but our in our case, we wanted to sell vodka and gin in the interim, knowing that whiskey was like the cool, like it's that's what we wanted. Whiskey yeah. is like the cool big brother. Right. Uh-huh. You know, that is. <laughs> so and scotch. Scotch is like the cool dad. You know, yeah. like it's just whiskey is like just you can't top whiskey. Like just due to the the time and the age that you put into it, like it's just you can't. That's oh, so good. Yeah, you can't just make it again. It's, right. it's gone. Where vodka, you can take the recipe and you can make it over and over and over again. Um, so, yeah, so that's how we started. And we opened our doors December 2016. And the community was just like so welcoming. Mm-hmm. It was, I remember the day that we did open, we were just waiting on like the little shrink capsule labels for our bottles. That's all we needed. Everything else was in place. Yeah. But we had to seal them to sell them. And the day the guy showed up in the delivery van, it was, like, midday. He's, like, got this big box. And we're, like, oh, my gosh, are those the seals? And we're, like, hey, we're open. And we just went on Facebook and we're, like, top shelf is open. (laughs) And we're, like, hey, well, I'll share it on my Facebook. And people came in. Like, it was was crazy. So from there, obviously, there's a really big team now. And we have, like, over 30 employees. We have an Ottawa team um, that does, like, finance and marketing and all of that. Um, and then the Perth team does production It's brought some great jobs to Perth. Yeah. And that, that's one of the biggest parts that I like about it. It's just like the industry, right? Like it's nice. No matter what industry you're in, you still get to bring jobs to like the town that you care about. And then yeah. you get to see people work close to their home. Like I think that's important. Mm-hmm. So we've been able to give, you know, like there's at least 20 to 25 people normally working in Perth at the distillery. Cool. Um, with most of them being full-time jobs and it's wow. just as great. And like, to that's see people, a huge thing. Yeah. And people get to learn how to do something that like maybe they couldn't have gone to university or college yeah. for. It's more of like a working um, experience style job where you could learn to become a distiller and then, you know, take that with you anywhere in life. Yeah. It's been really awesome. And everyone in Perth has been like, oh, like I couldn't believe like the support from yeah. Perth and area that yeah. we got, like even Carlton Place, Smith Falls, like all these small rural towns, like really we're just like, and that's what we want to do. When it all comes down to it, you want to know where you're buying something, why you're buying it, because you know that's a good story or ethics mm-hmm. behind the company. And then that's that's what we want to support, where when you go and buy a bottle of Smirnoff, it doesn't really feel the same. No. Right. Versus, it feels really cool. Like, yeah. I, I buy the gin. Yeah. And going into the liquor store and I, you know, there's this huge wall of gin and I just yeah. pick it up my top shelf and I feel like my little Perth pride yeah, situation. Yeah, it is like a Perth pride yeah, thing. Yeah, totally. And like, that's how I feel when I buy Perth Brewery or yeah, I yeah. buy Weatherhead or, you know, like there's, like there's room for everyone 
to to grow and it's it's just awesome. So I never would have expected like how busy we've gotten over mm-hmm. the last three years. But yeah, it kind of took us by by storm. It's been a crazy. So it's been three full years of full fledged vodka. Our vodka's in the LSPO. Our gin's in the LSPO. Our maple moonshine is in the LSPO. And is it? Are, so are you outside of Ontario right now? We're only in Ontario for too our bad everybody else. I know. Yeah. So available at any Ontario LSPO that has our products. Um, you just search them. But we're in over a hundred. We are available, though, for anywhere in Canada on our websites. Okay. So you can go to cool. yeah, any of the three websites, Top Shelf, Reunion, or Top Shelf Bitters. And then we ship anywhere in Canada. So I haven't, we haven't done a lot of shipping across borders because it can be a bit finicky. Right. But uh, it will be possible soon. Yeah. Road trip up here and buy yourself some yeah, booze. We'll come and then the, drive home. Yeah, yeah. We do Get tours. So. <laughs> Yeah, and that's I'm that's kind of the coolest part, right? Is that we've just become more of like a hub of entertainment and arts and community, and we've made this whole like little little fun destination that's not just us manufacturing alcohol, right? So we we love to host uh, community events, and we take part in all our community events. You guys um, have like um, these cool parties, yeah, like, with like concerts. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? Tell we, me about them. Yeah, tell me about the parties. We call them parking lot parties. <laughs> <laughs> so small town, but I think that's the best part. So yeah, they were just parking lot parties, and they're free to anybody. We we plan usually like three to four, sometimes five throughout the spring to summer, mm-hmm. and we just pick and book local bands. So. Like Brock Seaman plays a lot. We've had Silver Creek, which was sweet. Um, We had like a tragically hip cover band. Like we always do just different stuff. So we pick local artists. They play. um, And then we use get some form of food. So we like to get food trucks. Yeah. So we'll get one local food truck. They'll park there for the night. And then we just say like, come one, come all. And we host our own bar and then I'll grab beer from Prickery usually. But now that Weatherhead's open, we'll see. We'll share the love. And yeah, so then we just have our own bar and we have it licensed for the night, usually like six to 10. And it's all free for people to come and you just hang out. Yeah. That's awesome. Sometimes we do cool stuff. Like we'll get like henna by Jade and people to do henna and fire dancers sometimes. Is it uh, kid friendly? It is kid friendly. Yeah. So you're allowed to bring your kids and sometimes, and like there's always non alcoholic drinks and sometimes we have balloons for kids and. That's yeah. so great. Yeah, we oh have something God, really go. cool coming up, though, where uh, I'm not going to release any of it yet, but we do have really cool something coming, so Whoa. stay tuned. Can you give us a hint? It's going to be an event, a cool oh, event. Oh, my God. A really cool At event. At the distillery? At the distillery. <sighs> when? In the spring time frame, this spring, 2019. Oh, my God. So it's different. But it's going to be a cool event. So. Where, where, if we follow Top Shelf on like Instagram or whatever, would that be a good place to find out? Yeah. So we'll ASAP. Yeah, we'll be <laughs> releasing it on social media first. Yeah. So okay. Facebook for Top Shelf Distillers or Instagram is TS Distillers. Yeah. <laughs> moonshine okay so we talked about prohibition a bit you guys do moonshine partnered up with uh what's his name tom tom green that guy tom yeah, green do you guys like tom? Tom? i don't know what are your thoughts do i tom? do i like tom green I, have you met him i uh I have i was on his radio show once when i what? was like 10 or 11 are you really called? yeah i called in and pretended i was a teenager and i was on like almost for the whole 
radio show. Are you for real? Really? Yeah, How do a, we find that? Uh, I don't know. My friend Diane Gowan has a cassette tape. With Can it you get in touch with it? her? I'll see if she's. <laughs> I really like that. Hear needs it. to be on the show. Yeah, it was pretty scandalous. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Were you talking about sex and drugs and rock and roll? Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, so we did just recently partner up with Tom Green. So it was um, a mutual connection through John. And so Tom did beer with bows, mm-hmm. which a lot of people know. So, he sure did. So he is into boozy collaborations, which is cool. Mm-hmm. He lives in the States now, but he's always back and forth. And so when we had to figure out the flavor, like it being Tom Green... He wanted, of course, like something a little wacky. So that's where the maple bacon. So it's Tom Green's maple bacon moonshine. Okay. So it's actually, honestly, it's it's really good. It's our. What would you mix it with? Caesars. Caesars. Yeah. 100% Caesars. Caesars whiskey sours substitute. It's really, it's good. Yeah. Like the bacon isn't too overwhelming. And so the recipe is our maple moonshine um, that we partner with. Paul's maple syrup or temples yeah. to use their syrup in it. Mm-hmm. It's that recipe at 30%, but we also add a, it's a vegan uh, liquid smoke. So it's not, uh, it is not meat in the drink. So you can do it if you're veg. If you're a vegan, you can drink it. Yeah. So with, with the moonshine, obviously not moonshine? in great detail, but how is it made? Like, Are you like hanging? Meat? bags of <laughs> old juice in the treetops or like or out the windows yeah no yeah we just have a secret secret little place in the forest behind the distillery <laughs> yeah. and it's like a bathtub and you like yeah, mix it with it's a old panel. bathtubs no so our moonshine line so the idea of doing moonshine and that we're, we're really like trying to go on this ontario moonshine kick right now is that we're just borrowing the term moonshine so Moonshine is an illegal spirit. So, like, in Prohibition, it was called moonshine because people were illegally making it in, like, hidden areas so they couldn't get in trouble by the law. Making it by the light of the moon. Yeah, and that's where you'd see, like, a lot of, like, in the southern states, like, apple pie moonshine and peach moonshine, and you were using a lot of fruit because that was accessible and, like, less trackable when you made different stuff. Where if you're buying, like, a bunch of bulk grains and buying a bunch of copper to make a still like the cops would be on you they would know and so we are not doing that we use our Mm. corn spirit and we distill it legally so we just use a basic corn spirit and then for the flavors we pick something so um apple pie moonshine that we do i tried that is uh made with cider from halls and brockville so it's just fresh apple cider we blend that into the corn spirit. Mm-hmm. So it's just like what it, the spirit that runs off our still after we've distilled. Yeah. You add water because when you add water, that's what makes things a certain percentage. So, okay. Or else it's just pure alcohol. Yeah. And a pure, something that comes off the still could range between something from 60% upwards to 93. Oh, wow. So when you're distilling that, that gets collected into a drum and then after you would add water or your ingredients and that's what is proofing it down and that's how you okay. get a consistent um 40 product so we do that um and then we add in our flavors and like the apple pie we add cinnamon and nutmeg and we steep in like just spices that we purchase mm-hmm. um and then do our own recipe so that mm-hmm. is just the the theory of making our moonshine so okay. it is not illegal that's the only thing that we aren't with moonshine we're not so is illegal. it vodka moonshine could be anything so what is yours so ours is corn spirit so it's similar to vodka that we use in it it's but we don't refine it like you do vodka 
So vodka you would put through the still twice. Okay. Oh. Moonshine, the the corn spirit that we want. We don't really care of, about it being perfect, I guess per se. Yeah, you can just because we're gonna like... blend blueberry, we're gonna blend right. apple stuff, we're gonna blend syrup, and that gets rid of imperfections. But vodka, you have to have it like very clean and pure. Mm-hmm. So we run vodka through the still twice. And then we also put it through a charcoal filter. Oh, wow. Um, and that gets rid of a lot cool. of gross, like, tastes. And so the other thing about moonshine, so this is the most important, is when people were making it illegally yeah. in, like, a forest, yeah. yeah, they would have their, like, crazy stills that could explode at any time yeah. and just, like, it was nuts. It is dangerous. And so they would take absolutely everything that came off their still, like, liquid-wise, like, all of it's alcoholic, and they'd put it into a barrel and just stir it up and keep it. But... When we distill, we take – there's three sections of liquids that come off, and the middle part is called the hearts. So heads, hearts, and tails. And you actually get rid of the heads and tails. You do oh. not drink them. Okay. So when you're drinking moonshine, did you ever hear that moonshine makes you go blind? <laughs> yes. It's the heads. It's oh. so poisonous to drink. Really? So that's like the art of distilling. A lot of people don't know that. So when you're distilling and it's the time when the spirit's running off of the still at that spout – the beginning is like really light. It's like ethanols and methane, and it's like really bad for you. So that would make you go blind if you consumed enough Too of, much it. of it. And then the middle part is the good stuff. So we keep it. Like that's heart. the good stuff. And then the tails is like oily and more dense. Oh, and it's not yeah. that that would make you sick per se or blind, but it just doesn't taste good. So you don't keep it. Huh. And that's like how you are a distiller because you know how to do that. You right. know what oh. to keep, you know what to right. get rid of. And that's the art of it. So when people say, like, what is distilling and how do you distill? I, the way that I wrap my head around it, the most simple way to describe what distilling is versus brewing is just, like, the process of separation. Because you're taking grain and water and you're heating it up. Yeah. And the still heats it up so that it turns, so that liquid solid turns into vapors. And then the vapors then separate through your still in those, like, pretty columns Mm-hmm. So it's all vapors and all the different chemicals are separating. And then as you get to the last part, it's a condenser and it makes it cold again. And cold turns vapors back into liquid. Mm-hmm. So once it turns back into liquid, it has been separated into heads coming off the still first, right. hearts and tails. Cool. And like, that's essentially it. That's all distilling is the process of separation, heating things up and cooling it back down. Easy peasy. Easy. Yeah, let's peasy. just do it. Yeah. <laughs> just do it at home. Yeah. Cool. yeah. <laughs> have you guys ever had actual moonshine? Like homemade uh, booze? I have. Yes. 100%. Where do you have it? Uh, there, I went to this really funny conference in Texas. There was like this full on like moonshiner down southern man who was so sweet. He was just like this big guy. And he comes in carrying like a little red cooler. Yeah. And he's like, I brought some of my home recipe. And he like pulls out full like mason jars of stuff he's just been making in his garage for everyone to test and taste. Because one day an alcohol conference? Yeah, it was like a learn how to distill like pen and paper style thing. And he was like, I just made it in my basement, you know, like yeah. It's totally illegal to just make anything. Was in it good? Basement. Yeah. yeah it was good. It's strong. So it's always really strong because they don't add water and proof it down. So right. you're, you're drinking a lot of stuff that tastes like white lightning. They call that. Puts hair on your chest. White lightning, yeah. um, white whiskey. <laughs> and right. that's what our 100 proof moonshine, the original moonshine, 
That's our whiskey recipe, not aged, just bottled. And that's what moonshine is, right? So if you're going to use like barley, corn, and a bit of rye, and that's what your your recipe is for your whiskey, when it comes off the still before you put it in a barrel, it's just clear. Huh. Or you can use the fruit ones, whatever you have. Right. Fruit ferments quickly, so people do that. It's yeah. 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 I've heard of orange juice and a slice of bread in a prison toilet. Prison toilet. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it works. yeast in the... Yeah. The uh, toilet. Do what you gotta do in prison. So, is that the kind of moonshine you've tried? Uh, Yes. Yes. Where have you tried moonshine? I had moonshine in Nova Scotia. We were in Nova Scotia and some, like, in the top of a hill in the middle of nowhere, like, in the middle of fucking nowhere. And there was this family who lived just down the hill, like, a 20 minute drive. And the guy came up one day with a fiddle and a bottle of moonshine. After we'd been there like a week, like he needed to make sure we weren't, yeah, you know, that we totally. were okay. That's awesome. We got really fucked. I'm up. into that party. A fiddle and a bottle of moonshine. He Take didn't me. actually. Like, <laughs> he like came up and like and then he left and then we just drank it and we tattooed each other with oh wow with uh, exacto knives and ash nice. from burning paper on a table. Those are the stories you remember though. <laughs> People come I'll out of the woodworks. Trees or blades and ash. Yeah. yeah. Nice. We have had some visitors. I mean, nobody to disclose, but people like really came out of the woodworks after we opened the distillery of like locals around here that yeah. were like, I've been interested in distilling for forever. You should try my coffee, you know? And yeah. like everyone had like these secret terms. Yeah, cute. yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of people, way more than I ever expected. I'm like, huh. really? Like, what are you doing down the road, Sally? Like, yeah. so you never know. You yeah. You never know who's got a small scale distillery in there. Yeah. Closet. You can have a really small still. Yeah. And huh. you can because you really you just have to have a big pot to do a bash in and ferment it and then have a little homemade still. So don't explode. Mm. Don't it. do it at home, folks. Don't do it. Well, I tried it at boarding school. Oh! Who had there was there? a girl from Saudi Arabia, and, like, there were, you know, a number of people there from Saudi Arabia, really wealthy families, like, gated communities. For some reason, she had moonshine, and I guess where she lived, I don't think anyone is allowed to drink there. Mm-hmm. And so she had, either she brought her skills back from Saudi Arabia and made it, like, outside of the dormitory window, like, hanging out the window. Yeah. Because I think she said that that's how they made it, like, hanging out their window. I don't know why it has to be outside. Maybe the Probably sunlight like helps or something? Or Yeah, maybe, maybe the, the temperature gets the, um, when it's fermenting, gets everything gets working together to get the alcohol mm-hmm. higher. But she had it in the dorm. Was Ooh. it good? It was okay. It was, like, pretty juicy, as I recall. Not mm-hmm. as boozy. Right. It didn't put hair on my chest. No. If that's what you're asking. Yeah. That's what I'm specifically <laughs> asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moonshine. Uh, we're talking about booze. We're talking about booze a lot. We're talking about drinking. <clears throat> and we have to acknowledge the fact that, like, you know, alcohol is a drug. It's and, a controlled and substance. It's a controlled substance. And it's also cool to not drink. Mm. And yeah. no peer pressure, guys. 
No, I guess, yeah, not everyone drinks, right? Like, how do you approach (laughs) that? Not Not everyone drinks. drinks And that's okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Not everyone drinks. You guys make some super badass bitters. Yes, That you can make, like, delicious. Like, it doesn't have to be an alcoholic beverage. Get some bubbly water. Get some bitters in there. Mm. Mm -hmm. Twist of orange. What's a bitter? Bitters. So bitters are they're alcohol based and they're like a bitter flavor concentrate. Oh wait, so, so they do have alcohol in them? They do have alcohol, but you don't consume enough. Like they're they're like a grocery store good. Okay. So you would put like three dashes, so three drops into okay. um, cocktails, mocktails, baking, um, coffee houses. Like flavor. Yeah, so a good example, so the one that everyone thinks of with bitters is Angostura, and that's what people sell in grocery stores, and so that one's more of like a plum and raisin like very bitter agent so that one people will use old fashions is the main Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. so we make coffee we do allspice mint grapefruit orange all these concentrated flavors so you have to remember though that they're bitters so the bittering agent that we use that's kind of what ferments the flavor and makes it so that it doesn't go bad and so you're going to add these concentrated flavors to pair with a drink not to enhance the same flavor so an example would be like i'm gonna use our grapefruit bitters with a vodka crayon right so the vodka crayon would have its own flavor but if you used a dash of grapefruit bitters you'd get a sweet citrus note at the end so it's a very like small distinguished flavor Mm -hmm. at the end and so Hmm. what i like to do is use our allspice bitters put two or three dashes in a whiskey on the rocks and that okay. dash of allspice gives it that like little warming after effect mm. of, oh, of the allspice yum. spice so then a bottle of the bitters could last you forever they last a very long time right. yeah so yeah. unless you're like mass making cocktails for like 100 people then you right. go through a couple of bottles so we use them for that you can use them for mocktails coffee we have chocolate bitters mm. a couple dashes of chocolate you have to remember it's not just the flavor of chocolate, but it's got a bittering agent on it. So chinch—I can never say the word chinchona bark—is a bittering agent. And so when we're steeping the flavor, we put a ton of the bittering agent, if it's chinchona, in with it, and that's what gives it like that bitter aftertaste. So for that, it's great for baking and coffee and like even kombucha. Like say you're gonna have a glass of raspberry style kombucha and you want to put a chocolate kick into it oh like a dessert ever fun it's like raspberry truffles great idea so we make those as well but yeah no we also sell like we make sure that when we do events and even when we're doing like the bars for events that we have cool drinks for people who don't want to drink too like there's tons of people kombucha or like mocktails when you because it's kind of like just sucks like do you ever like you guys have both been pregnant yeah so like I don't know. How do you feel when you walk up? Like, it's just like a really cool event and you're pregnant during it. It's that time of year. Mm-hmm. But like all your friends, all, time of year. <laughs> yeah, all your friends are drinking cool drinks and you're just like, I'll go get like a water. But like, you don't want to be the one to ask, like, can I get the drink? But just minus the alcohol. So it still looks and feels yeah. like a cocktail. Like, I just lame. wish more people would do that. Yeah. Cause like I offer that a lot to people and they're just like, so they're like, thank you. Like, I want to have like this something special. This chocolate raspberry truffle drink, but just minus the vodka. Like, yeah, just get you know, and you can totally still make drinks for people like that. Yeah, and still mm-hmm. be able to get like the luxurious feel of like I'm at something special, I'm and I want a special, special drink, and I'm yeah. just because I'm either one I don't drink, yeah, which is totally okay, or I'm pregnant mm-hmm. or something, or then why can't you? And you know that way people, I feel like people are just more 
willing and wanting to be like included in all your events. Yeah. And when we do host stuff like parking lot parties. Like it's important to have kombucha on tap and just stuff for everybody. Like, oh, cool. I think it's important because I sure. can tell, like I can tell a lot when people come for tours, like you might want to learn something educational, but just because it's at a place where it's selling something you don't want to consume shouldn't like deter you from coming. Yeah. You should still want to go and pick up some bitters. Yeah, or get a kombucha or just learn. Yeah. So do you guys have kombucha on site? We do. Yeah, we have Artisan by Sebastian. Uh, Yeah, he's a sweetheart. Shout out to Sebastian. So So can people just come in to Top Shelf and like get a tour and some kombucha? Is that what you're telling me? And buy some bitters and go home sober with cool stuff from the distillery that's not booze? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we do. We do free tours every day, two and four o'clock. So if you're just bored. No kidding. Yeah. Come two in. Two and four. Two and four. Every okay. day. Are there samples on the tour? Yeah, there are. <sighs> okay. Moving on. Moving on. I thought it would be fun if we all gave some of our hangover tips now that we're getting older. <laughs> I mean, I'll speak for myself. Cool. Yeah. I'm getting old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tips. Well, my just, tips. And just tricks. a tip. <laughs> just the tip. The biggest thing for me is honestly, I have to, have to take vitamin B vitamin the B. night of. Have you tried that? No. Try it. Tell yeah. me. What take, it, what, um, like, you take if you it can, like before you drink? Well, if you're like really drink. irresponsible, take it before. But if you can take it before you go to bed, like as you're sleeping, it helps oh. to vitamin B mm. or the drop or like whatever you do. Cool. Vitamin B, maybe throw throw in something else, a little vitamin C to help. But maybe yeah. some ibuprofen. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I take a like in the middle of the night when I wake up for water, I'll take an ibuprofen. Ibuprofen. Yeah, like when you wake up and your mouth is paper dry mm, yeah. and you're At like three in the morning, kind of spinny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do that as well. The best style of ibuprofen that I find kicks a hangover is get something related to like a sinus ibuprofen oh. or whatever you're gonna take yeah. okay. can you give us something like, like a that. specific are you talking something with a decongestant kind yeah of thing? okay yeah and for some reason i do get congested when i'm hungover for some reason that just kicks a hangover you wake you have a little make sure you can have enough time to have a nap so take vitamins decongestant yeah. anything yeah go to bed for an hour at least that morning yeah. again wake up boom Good to go. Wow. wow. Seriously. Drink water. Drink water. water drink water. Oh, water. Stop yeah. being assholes. Drink, drink a water, water between yeah. every drink. If, if you, you remember that there's water, just fucking chug it down. Be like, yeah. oh, look, a cup. And if you're like <laughs> smarty, if you are if you know you're drinking yeah. and you're like at home or at a friend's place and you're just say you're drinking out of a vodka bottle or whatever, <laughs> put like a fucking water bottle directly beside it or like cover the top of it with a cup. So that every time you go to make your drink, you're like, oh. I have to remove this cup. Oh, I thought you meant when you started off saying drinking from a vodka bottle, I imagine you were just drinking the vodka out of the bottle. If you're drinking out of a box of wine, put your water cup (laughs) on your box of wine. Right. Yeah. Right. Totally. Like, make it easy. Set yourself up for the win. Mm-hmm. A really good tip my mom taught me. <laughs> Thanks, mom. If you have the spins, <gasps> if you're laying in bed, is put one foot flat on the floor. And it has to be flat. But that actually... No kidding. Yeah, it works. Mm-hmm. It's like if you get car sick, if you can look at the horizon, that's supposed to help. Like, yeah, look at the doesn't. flat. Ooh, the spins. Oh, Keep some gravel. You, Keep some gravel I can't remember the last time I had the spins, but that the is... The spin's really easy. Ooh, I get that's easy awful. Too. I used to smoke cigarettes. And if I was drinking and I was drunk and then had a cigarette, it would give me the spins every time and I'd often barf. Ooh. Or I never got over weed. that. 
Yeah. Oh, weed is even worse. Yeah. yeah. You got to smoke the weed before you drink. Yeah. It's true. I was just thinking also that we should probably just put in a little disclaimer that people should not drink and drive. Yes. Don't drink and drive, you Don't assholes. What the fuck? Yeah. This day and age, be responsible. Just get a, get cab. a cab. Get whatever. Get an Uber. Uber. Stay the night. There's no excuse. I don't even, uh, the thought of people drinking and driving is just insane to me. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. and we're in a rural area and mm-hmm. people, people, people drink talk, and drive all the time. They do drink and drive all the time and they talk amongst themselves about routes to take Ooh. where you won't get pulled over. So like I've yeah. said to people before, like, oh, I like to take the back way through Glen Tay to go home. And they're like, just be careful on Saturday night because that's the way the drunks go. I think my brother said that to me. Yeah. Mm. Not cool. Yeah. Don't do it. Not cool. None no. of our listeners would do that. Day the night. Yeah. Make it more of a party. Like once you can, you know, and when you know how you're getting home or you know where you're staying, your mood is like yeah. so uplifted. When you're like on the fence still, you're like, I'm just going to have one glass of wine. Yeah. And I'm going to take it easy. And then oh, you're sure. not, you're not really in the like fun mood. But if you commit to actually staying somewhere, then it's like, okay, sleep over. And then it's game on. Yeah. And you're like, okay, yeah. let's do this. Drinking game. Yeah. Totally. Uh, are we ready for plugs? Plugs. You can find the pod at Teach Me Tiger Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and our website is at teachmetigerpodcast.ca. Megan, where can we find so, you? Yeah, you can find me at Top Shelf physically, or you can look at our Top Shelf uh, Facebook. Or our Instagram is TS Distillers. Website's www.topshelfdistillers.com. Perfect. Well done. Do you guys have any, like, oh, you have the event coming up in the spring that you can't tell us about? Yes, we have that coming up. And then we are locked and loaded to do Sewer Park Festival that you'll see us at this oh, summer. Yeah. And Rib Fest um, and Garlic Festival are the mains. Mm, um, but then, it. yeah, watch out for the cool event coming. Can't wait. Sarah? Just a tip. Hand poke tattoos. <laughs> Just the tip hand poke tattoos on Instagram and Facebook. Sarah Wright, public prof. So. <laughs> Pub prof. Pub pro. Pra. How about you, Mel? I'm at melodystarkweather.ca. Cool. 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 Thanks so much to Megan for coming on the show this week. Thank you, Megan. No problem. Thank you, Megan. Thanks for having me. And thanks to everybody for listening. If you would like to support us, check out our swag online. It's teachmetigerpodcast.ca slash shop. Or go to patreon.com slash teachmetigerpodcast, where for as little as $2 a month, you get all the bonus content from each and every episode. And there are also even more perks at higher levels, like discounts on merch. It also really helps us if you tell people about the show and rate and review us. We'd really appreciate it. I really, really want to see some bumper stickers out there, guys. Can you guys order them? They're only how much they cost? Four dollars. They're four dollars. You can't afford not to. Super supports us. And imagine how we feel when all our hard work is on the back of your car. Yeah. Cool. Put some junk on your trunk. Put some junk on your trunk. (laughs) TMT. TMT. I really liked that. (laughs) And uh, remember, it's it's a a jungle jungle out there. there. (laughs) (laughs) Teach me, Tiger, how to tease you. Whoa, 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 whoa.
hey, hey, you're beautiful. Hey, here's a picture of my wiener. 